and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 79. John and Wendy talk to Aaron Stevens. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How you doing, John? Wendy, I'm well. Kind of back in a groove as far as recording, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to take a few minutes. We haven't had a super friend in a long time. Oh, we haven't. I wanted to nominate a group of people as Mm -hmm. super friends, and that's our international listeners. Yes. You know, we talk a lot about how crazy this ride has been and what we've seen over the last 18 months or so. You know, Wendy, you and I have talked quite a bit about it. We're up to 84 countries that have downloaded the show at some point, many of which are downloading consistently every week. Got a, a LinkedIn invite and was fortunate enough to connect with Hannah, who's our newest listener in Germany, who's a business partner there and looking to learn a little more about people that are here. And I appreciate her reaching out to me directly. And I'm throwing this out for those of you that are international, please contact us. If it's Mm -hmm. LinkedIn, if it's Twitter, if you want to send us an email, would love to talk to you. Yes. I know many of you have heard we talk to our international friends. They don't have to be at at a conference with us. we can, we'll, we'll figure it out. Because oh, yeah. we really want to know more. <laughs> I want to learn more about what's going on in other areas of the of the world. And the fact that people have found something that resonates with them, as we always say, it is, it's still incredibly humbling. It will always be. I've been amazed, particularly in the last six months, the volume of our international base has uh-huh. just continued to grow. And, you know, as we say, when we started, we thought we'd have 50 people listening now we're in 84 countries, which is a lot right. more than the 50 people. But anyhow, <laughs> wanted to put that out there. We've been talking about it for a bit. Haven't had super friend in a while. International listeners, you are super friends. Let's get yeah. to know you. Reach yeah. out to us. Definitely. Twitter, LinkedIn, however you, whatever you like, find us and we'd love to chat. I think that would be a lot of fun. It'd be a good challenge to figure out the time zones to chat in person, but I think we can do it. I think we're up for it. We have a hard enough time trying to do three and usually in the continental U.S. So <laughs> I can only imagine putting the international timeline out there. Right? That'll be fun. Uh, we, we're up to the challenge and we definitely yes. look forward to hearing from you all. Wendy, I'm not really what sure to say about our guest. I'm very excited she's here. Yes. My running joke with her and I will open is with, hey, Aaron, my name is John and I'm from Louisville. I'm going to let you make our introduction and we will get started. <laughs> So excited to have Erin on the show tonight. She is a corporate recruiter with Master Brand Cabinets based in Jasper, Indiana, supporting and partnering with their finance, accounting, and manufacturing supply chain operations team. She is native to the Southern Indiana, Louisville, Kentucky area where bourbon and horses rule. She started her college career in music, but ultimately switched to psychology and human resources. Earning her PHR prior to graduating, she worked as a recruiter in a nonprofit and quickly realized recruiting was her niche. She returned to school after two years of working in the, quote, real world, and earned a master's in human resource management. After six years in nonprofit, she worked for a year in a third-party recruiting before joining Masterbrand in the spring of 2015. In her spare time, she is very actively involved in her local SHRM chapter, sits on the HR Indiana State SHRM Council, travels to Cancun as much as possible, and is a certified jazzercise instructor. Erin, welcome to the show tonight. And our first question is, what's in your glass? Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And interesting enough, uh, I have Diet Pepsi in my glass tonight. Oh, no. I know. I just, I know. I'm I'm, I'm trying to cut back. (laughs) 
cut back on uh, just, some of the drinking and actually yeah. doing fluids that are, I mean, I don't know if Diet Pepsi is good for me, but I'm sure it's better <laughs> than some of the others. Well, I say, oh no, because we've had such an influx of Diet Coke drinkers that I don't know if Pepsi is allowed anymore. So, okay. So <laughs> let me, let me say this. I, I, I normally don't drink sodas, um, but I live above a pizza place. And uh-huh. I needed dinner this evening, kind of a quick dinner, because I really need to go to the grocery and it was easy enough and they serve Pepsi products. So that's why I'm drinking that go. Pepsi. <laughs> well, I'm glad we didn't have the Pepsi Coke debate at Sherm National this year. Oh. That, that always gets ugly. <laughs> yeah, where's Jennifer McClure when you need a good debate <laughs> oh, on yes. Pepsi well, versus Coke? For those of you that are listening in sequence, Vadim Lieberman, who was just on drinks Diet Coke. And that's what he was drinking when we talked to him. So <laughs> it's it's always out there. But, you know, Aaron, like I said, I, I appreciate the fact that we have a, a running joke about you not necessarily remembering where I'm from. <laughs> okay. You can't hold that against me. It's always, I think I, I, absolutely I not. Absolutely not. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, come on, native Louisvillian. Let's, you know, I mad respect, but I have to ask, how exactly did you get your start in HR? You go from music, which, you know, I'm a music major too. You go from music to jump into psychology. How how did you make that jump and you know, what led you to get into this profession? So this is technically, I guess, my like third backup plan. So um, I love, I've always done like musical theater. Um, and the joke is I started singing when I was like one year old. So I sang all the way through. Uh, as my mom put it, I was going to sing my way to the hearts and minds of millions and decided I was going to go to college. I went to college saying I was actually a soprano saying like classical opera stuff. You know, I think I experienced my first either burnout or experiencing the, the idea that if something's not fun anymore, you shouldn't do it. Um, so I got into my junior year of college and I dreaded going to my practices and dreaded doing, uh, you know, convocations and everything else and realized that I kind of wanted that Monday through Friday type job. And I actually wanted to make money for a living uh, because I like nice things. <laughs> and, uh, was taking psychology classes as a backup and at the college it was either you went into social services or geriatrics or business so I checked out social services and geriatrics and decided that was a little too depressing for me but I loved motivating you know what motivates people and I figured out that kind of psychoanalyzing people for a living was fun and ended up getting a business degree because I wanted to graduate so that's how I ended up in psychology and HR technically and I was very lucky to graduate at the height of the recession in 2009. And I remember going on multiple interviews. I think I went on 50 to 60 interviews between January of 2009 and September of 2009, and really got a lot of experience interviewing and what you know a, a, an application process was like and how we torture candidates constantly. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Ended up through taking my PHR certification class, got connected through networking to a role as a recruiter in a nonprofit. Basically, it was an HR kind of admin assistant that they were like, hey, why don't you do the hiring? I was like, great. Can you hire me? They're like $12 an hour. I was like, sold. Started recruiting a nonprofit and figured out that I kind of liked it and was actually somewhat good at it. And that's, that's kind of the story. So you've been doing, obviously, recruitment for a while and in corporate recruiting. Talk to a lot of people who do it on the other side. Not a lot who do it corporate like you and I do. 
What do you see as some of the biggest challenges in talent acquisition today? I don't know if it's just speaking from what I've been exposed to in the last four and a half, five years in the corporate world. Change is hard. And I think a lot, the, the big thing and the big hot topic that people are talking about is automation, artificial intelligence, you know, how using AI and automation to ease the, you know, make the candidate experience better, ease the relief of those who are um, recruiting. So for example, automation, right? We used automation and a scheduling tool to set up this meeting this evening, right? So, you know, that's an administrative burden that we're relying on computers and different things to help us with. The same thing is with recruiting. But I will say the challenge comes in the fact that we as HR people, we, and I, I might be judging slightly, but we like control. I'm a control freak, very type A. It's hard for us to kind of let go of that control. Like, you know, oh my gosh, someone's going to put something on my calendar. Oh my gosh, this AI tool is going to screen my candidate. But what if they don't screen them properly? You know, so the whole point of AI and automation is to kind of let us do our jobs better and more efficiently. It's not going to take over our jobs, but it's definitely going to help us do our jobs better. And um, I think part of that is us being more uh, and in the recruiting world, more open to accepting that that's what's going to happen. The other challenge I see is that think about, you know, recruiting maybe even 10 years ago, candidates were, it was a, it, for us, it was a, you know, we could get the best candidate for, you know, not a whole lot of money. And now it's the opposite. Our recruiting industry reflects the real estate industry. Houses go quick. Candidates go quick. We're, we, you know, we're having to chase after those candidates and really show them what our to use kind of a coin term and employee value proposition is, you know, why should you come work for us? Let me sell it to you. And for me as a recruiter, trying to get hiring managers to see that as well has been kind of tough. You know, I don't know if you've experienced this, Wendy, but have you ever gotten the whole, well, I'd like to see some more candidates. Well, <laughs> this is what you're getting. <laughs> this is it. We oh, can yeah. continue. We can continue this process, but you're going to lose those, you know, the one that you're just not sure about. For me, those are the kind of the two main things, changing and, and really kind of adopting and accepting AI and, and automation. And then also, you know, being able to thoroughly communicate with our managers and really paint the picture for them that, hey, listen, you know, you got to you can't have all seven items on your list. You can maybe have four or five and then we got to figure out the rest. And what can you train on? I've had that conversation a lot. And, you know, I do healthcare, So a lot of that is there's a lot of licensure involved. But Right. If you don't have those hard, hard and fast stops, you can train on most things. If you find the person mm -hmm. with the right attitude that you think is going to fit your team or add to your team, then geez, take a chance. <laughs> right. And the, and, the, and the part of that, and even on our part, is that relationship piece with our hiring manager. Mm -hmm. And I and I'm going to mention one hiring manager because I've mentioned him before. He's a very tough hiring manager, but him and I have a great relationship. He has very high expectations. And we have the relationship that I'm like, listen, Chad, you're not going to get all this. Like, let, <laughs> let's go back to the drawing board. You know, what can you train on? What what are what can you give up? And he and I love we have that very frank relationship that he's like, I can't, I can't do it. Come on, find me the perfect person. And I will recruit for him for forever because he gives such good feedback and, and we have such a good relationship. And I think the relationship too is key as a recruiter 
so that you, you know, you have that communication back and forth, but you got to be able to be real with them too and be like, this is what I'm seeing. This is what we're going to get. Here's the data on this. Being able to do that sales job kind of with them too is important to, to keep things moving along and to really show them what the market looks like and what to expect. Aaron, you've been very active at the local and the state level with Sherm for, for much of your career. How did you decide to first get involved in in all the things that you've gotten to do? What's the most memorable thing that you've, <laughs> the, the thing that sticks out the most in, in, in any of the roles that you've served in? Gosh. Okay. Let me, let me go with part one. So how did I get into it? So that very first $12 an hour job, um, which I thank them, I, I think Bonnie, who was my hiring manager or boss to this day for that job, she was part of our local chapter, which I didn't, I, now in college, I had been a part of Sherm National as a student, because I think at the time it only cost me 50 bucks and I needed the access to the article so I could like write my papers. When I got into my first job, she was like, hey, we go to these chapter meetings every month, you should come. I'm like, okay, great. Sounds good. You know, I can start earning credits now. Fantastic. So I got into it. I met a lot of people locally. Um, and really started learning what networking in HR was about. And then they asked me to take on sponsorships. They're like, hey, listen, you know, we just get these sponsors monthly. You know, can you just ask people if they want to sponsor? I was like, sure. The first year we did it, like we almost like tripled our sponsorship because I would get like a ton of people just, to, I mean, asking people for money sometimes is kind of easy. <laughs> hey, listen, I'll give you three minutes in front of HR people if you give me 200 bucks. They're like, sure, fine, go ahead. That parlayed into a secretary role, which then parlayed into the president-elect role, which due to a pre which which due to our president going out on maternity leave and not coming back ended up me going straight into the president role. So at like 23 years old, I'm the president of our local chapter. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I, this is a quick crash course of learning how to run a, you know, run a chapter with, with not having a whole lot of HR experience. Um, and it was a great experience. And that, that got me at the state level, started going to conferences. Cause again, they went to the Indiana state Sherm conference, which um, is next week, by the way, I'm super excited for that. It's always fun every year. And I met, actually, I didn't even, I don't even think I met him in person. I just started tweeting. Brad Galen, who is a, a very good friend of mine. I know you guys know Brad. Uh, Brad tweeted me one day. I was like, hey, listen, so do you, you want to be like the director of technology for the state council? And I was like, oh, sure. I was like, can I meet you in real life first? Like, can, can we do that first? So I met him and I've been on, I, I did kind of dual roles on both our local chapter and the state council. For probably five years, I'm, I'm losing time now. Is this what happens when you hit 30? Until it, literally <laughs> until December of this last year, I served on both the state council and our local chapter. And finally, after almost 10 years on our our local chapter board, I rolled off, and I'm now no. I still help out with our internet and our membership website and stuff, but now I'm firmly on the state council with Indiana and. Yeah, I mean, literally, it's been my entire career that I've been involved with SHRM. And then the second part, right, of the question was, what's been my favorite experience? I would have to say all the people I've met. I have met so many HR people who I now call some of my best friends just through SHRM. I can't even imagine my life without being part of the organization because it's just done so much for me in the amount of not only professional growth, but 
just, you know, personal growth and personal relationships. I'm a very much a relationship driven person. I can't name one thing. I love all the, I call, I, we call them, um, I call them like, you know, HR hookups, tribe hookups. Um, whenever we have a conference or, um, you know, national sherm, we call HR Christmas, you know, because we all get together in one spot, like once a year. <laughs> so I, I mean, those are my, I guess, favorite memories. I don't know if I can name a specific memory from those years because they're all so they're all great that's awesome so i'm thinking north dakota is going to be like sherm thanksgiving because it's just going to be a few of us <laughs> and not everybody not everyone comes also home for thanksgiving gonna, but right yeah, i'm looking for the to fact it. we're going to be in north dakota like <laughs> i i could not like i'm sitting here on like the delta website and i'm like i am booking a flight to fargo north dakota like what <laughs> what am i thinking like this is I, never in my life would I have thought I'm going to book a trip to Fargo, North Dakota. I feel like I need to watch like the movie now before I go, right? No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe not, maybe not. You might not come. You might not come. <laughs> no, I will definitely go there. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see all my North Dakota peeps, so. And it's going to be awesome. We'll have a great time. You know, as part of those conferences, you got to be part of the Sherm 19 Blog Squad this year. So what was your favorite yeah. part of being on the blogging team and how did it compare, compare, you know, going just to attend and get all the learning, but now you actually had to do some work. I don't know if I told you how I got on the blog squad. So I did some blogging for Sherm Talent in May mm -hmm. um, or April. And I asked Andrew Morton, who at the time was the, the director, uh, basically I was like, Hey, so, you know, if you don't have any, um, you know, if you have any spots for Sherm National, I would love to <laughs> to be part of that. And he was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. You, I was like, sweet, score. <laughs> like, I'm in. I was super pumped. Nice. Um, as far as the, like, work. So, yeah, I was a little nervous going in. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to write these articles. Like, and, and I will say that the tough part for me is if you know me in, like, real life, like, personally, I'm a very blunt individual. And, and one of the main things I've learned throughout my career is know your audience. <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, so what can I, can, what can I say? What can I not say? Sure. Um, hmm, okay. So finding that, that balance and finding what my voice is, I think more, I think professionally, but also still keeping, keeping myself authentic. I think that was a, a learning experience for me, but other than that, it was great. Like, I, I had a great time at the conference, definitely some interesting speakers, and, and I'm super excited for San Diego next year. Erin, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the Half Hour Question Connection. And our first question in this part of our show is, who was your first professional mentor, and what did you learn from them that was most important or impactful? I call this individual, I call her a mentor. I don't know if she would say she was a mentor or not, but when I got into, so obviously being a chapter leader at SHRM, right, uh, at our local chapter, we had, there was an individual that ended up coming on as kind of my president-elect, and she is the, now I can be very outgoing, very outspoken. She's very quiet um, and very much, and she comes from like an accounting benefits background, which is not me. <laughs> and her name is Marsha Bickers, um, and she and I ended up kind of being like a joint, just kind of, we, we balanced each other so well 
And I think what I learned from her, I, I, and still to this day, I will go to her or text her or call her and be like, she's one of those people I'm like, hey, listen, here's what I'm thinking, but I need your perspective. Or, you know, give me what you think about this. Or am I wrong? Am I right? Who should I talk to? And she's just this very calm, even-keeled lady. And she just completely surprised me. Like, I thought she was, I hate it when I kind of am quick to judge individuals. And she was someone that I openly admit I completely misjudged. I thought she was just kind of this quiet accountant type. I put her in that box, right? But she is not like that at all. Um, And she still, to this day, is, again, like I said, someone I can constantly call on. She has since retired. And now she's enjoying life with her husband, which is great. Traveling kind of the world and doing stuff and volunteering at other opportunities. She was someone that I definitely have learned a lot from um, as far as taking a step back, you know, maybe taking some of the emotion out of things and really looking at, okay, what's the big picture? What are your goals and how can we get there? So she, that's, I think, a lot of what I've learned from her. She, she really makes me think about my words, I think, a little more carefully than what I used to. Aaron, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? I don't know if I can answer that. And this is going to sound awful, but I've met so many people. One person that I think pops to mind that I love seeing and who I think I've become a lot closer with over the last year and is another person that I like to hear about is Mike Shaw. I don't know if you guys know him from Oklahoma. Mm. Yep. Mike is hilarious. I think I met him two years ago, though, maybe. But he's another person that I'm just like, you know, I can go to him and we just be straight shooter talk, get real, and, you know, learning more about him and kind of his background, what his passions are, it's kind of cool, um, and he's just a great person to get connected to in general. He's also got a great beard, too. Awesome beard. <laughs> like, fantastic beard. I have I to it. give props. My husband has a beard, but Mike's beard, it's unrivaled. Fantastic. He does have a fantastic beard. Well, I will agree with that. Aaron, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? Don't think I would tell myself anything. No. I don't because I think, I think I've learned what, I think what the things that I've experienced since the beginning of my career were supposed to happen. I'm one of those people that I think if I went back in time, I would not change anything. I think I'm very happy with where I'm now. I think I've learned a lot of lessons through what I've experienced, and I don't think I would have learned them if I would have told myself something different. The only thing, okay, I take that back. The only thing I would tell myself is the best is yet to come. The Aaron, I think, at the beginning of my career compared to Aaron now, I will say I never, never expected to be here. Aaron, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community? I would say now a lot of people think I'm, I I call myself the secret introvert sometimes. I love the behind the scenes work. For example, today um, we have, uh, like I said, Indiana, HR Indiana Sherms Conference is next week. I do a lot of our social media. So our Twitter, our Instagram, our LinkedIn, our uh, Facebook page. We had a great list of volunteer nominations this year for volunteer of the year. Some of the things I got to do is highlight those volunteers on our social media leading up to the conference. Putting that together, you know, getting the word out there, answering questions, uh, interacting with our um, our members and attendees. That's stuff that I like to do and in kind of the background and just contribute ideas and 
that I, I mean, that's how, and then obviously my one other favorite thing is going to March Capitol Hill every year and talk with our senators and our representatives and, and, and you know, share stories with them that impact laws that impact our work. That is one of my other favorite things. I always joke that I feel like Olivia Pope when I'm in Washington, <laughs> D.C. on Capitol Hill. <laughs> I'm like, where's my cape or where's my white, ja- you know, my white hat. Let's go. You know, like, let's, let's, you know, let's start some change here. That's all. And I just, I always get a thrill going to DC. What's your favorite movie? So for me, I'm not a movie person. I'm more of a TV person, but for movies, I have two that I can think of. One, I, you know, I wouldn't be a millennial kid if I didn't mention a Disney movie. My favorite (laughs) all time uh, Disney movie is Aladdin. And I think it's because Jasmine is so sassy and I'm sassy as well. Uh, so I have to say, I learned from that now. If only I could wear a, you know, a midriff shirt like she can. <laughs> That'll never happen, but uh, one can hope. And then, I, and, and by the way, I've not seen the new one with Will Smith. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ready for that, but we'll see. And then Perfect. finally, uh, yeah. And, and I define a good movie like that I can watch over and over and over again and not get tired of. Another one would be The Skeleton Key with Kate Hudson because it's a psychological thriller. And I just, oh, I love it. And then finally, if I have a whole lot of time, Shawshank Redemption. That is one of the best movies of all time, in my opinion. It's just, it's so good. It's so clever. It's great. How about your favorite musician or band? My all-time favorite musician ever would be John Mayer. I grew up with John Mayer. I listened to him since he was playing in like Atlanta and with a nobody. And I still continue to listen to him. Um, I just saw him last year at a music festival down, uh, down here in Louisville. And he came on stage in like pajama bottoms, a t-shirt and like a robe. And I didn't even care. I was like, this is John Mayer, like love him. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I did, there was one of his, his album where he sang like country, not a huge fan. I'm glad he's kind of back to his old self. And then Maroon 5 is my other, one of my all time favorite bands. I knew them and loved them when they were Kara's Flowers, which trivia note, they used to be called Kara's Flowers. They figured out that was a dumb band name. And so now they're Maroon 5. Those are kind of my, I would say those are my two favorites. Like I could just listen to their albums over and over again. You said you're a TV person, so what's your favorite TV show? Yeah, are we talking like TV, like mainstream TV, or like Netflix series, or Hulu series, <laughs> or can I just... <laughs> can Anything I, you watch on the television. I, I don't know if I can name one. Uh, Handmaid's Tale right now is like solid. It is such a good show. One show, TV show that I used to watch when I had cable, I got rid of cable, but I've recently picked up since it's now on Netflix. Madam Secretary, have you ever watched that with Pia Leone and Tim Daly? I haven't, but it's on Anyone? the list of things no? to watch. Wow. Oh, it's so good. And it's so reflective of just like today's political climate. And it really puts an interesting spin on things. And I just, I, I, I love it. I, I think those, those are the two. And I think I mentioned those two because those are the two that are pretty prevalent right now in my brain and that I'm, I'm currently watching. And then when I did have cable, NCIS, loved NCIS, great show until they started killing off all my favorite characters like Tony. I love Tony DeNozo, like Anthony or uh, oh, Michael Weatherly is the actor's name. Like, love them. I, again, anything crime related. Well, uh, oh, shoot. 
what's it the one with the hot guy shamar moore criminal minds oh love that show too um need to catch up on that one uh, and when I find time, I'll catch up at some point. <laughs> at some point, it's that it's that time in my life where I'm like, do I have time to do this? No, it's going to have to be a binge day. I think at some point, Wendy, we need to send a bill to the producers of NCIS. I think so because that show gets more press mm-hmm. on this podcast than anything I would have ever <laughs> imagined. Right? We you have so of- many people that say NCIS. Right? I, I can think of three or four right immediately. Yeah. I Dude. feel like we ought to be getting some yes. kind of residual for that. Yes. Well, we I'm just saying, like, Mark Mark Harmon is the bomb. Like, I love him. And he continues, I and mean, he just stays attractive. I mean, I'm sure he's, like, in his 60s. But even as a 30-year-old, like, I think he is so gorgeous. Like, Mark Harmon been. is the cutest. Like, oh, my God, he's so good looking. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like swooning over this like 60 year old man who like barely <laughs> cracks a smile on the show. Like, does does this make sense? No, but whatever. But yes, love Mark Harmon. You know, Aaron, I always look for connection, and I have to say, you asked a question about what happens when you turn 30. I will just say that I am old enough that I saw Shawshank Redemption in the theater when it first came. Out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to leave it at that because oh, that's all I need okay. to say. It's okay. Now, yeah, oh, it it's is okay. absolutely. Yeah. It's just fine. Now. Having said that, if you're not watching Aladdin, Skeleton Key, Shawshank, you're not listening to John Mayer or Maroon 5 or that first name they had, which is awesome. I think that's funny that they went and changed it. But Or not watching Handmaid's Tale, Madam Secretary, and giving them more press in CIS. <laughs> what else do you like to do outside of work? So, size, right? And actually, I'm going to have to, I guess, change my bio up. I'm actually, I will be continuing size as a student instead of an instructor because, you know, Life happens and we go through changes, right? So ja- I jazzercise. I do like to work out and I work out because I also like to eat and drink. But normally, I mean, our weekends get pretty full. We do a lot of stuff with our friends. This summer is the first summer I've had a pool. My husband and I recently moved. And when we moved, it came with a very nice pool. So I've been working on my tan. And hopefully my dermatologist is not listening to this because she will yell at me for skin cancer. I don't know. I just, I like going out and people watching. So if I go to a bar, I'm normally the person that like sit at the very end of the bar and like watch everyone. And then I actually just recently joined a volleyball league. So I will be playing sand volleyball um, with some friends of ours and getting, I used to play volleyball quite a bit and did some leagues and then got out of it. So I'm, you know, again, life is cyclical, right? Coming back into the volleyball side of things and yeah. And then also food. I love checking out new restaurants. I'm such a food snob, like a super food snob. Like I will eat, I will almost eat anything. I will try anything once, but I'm a huge, I mean, a new restaurant opens and I'm there. Like I will check it out and give a full review. Well, Aaron, if you weren't doing HR, if you weren't in talent acquisition, what do you think you'd be doing professionally? I have no idea. I, you know, what's funny is I meant to ask so I, like I want to ask someone like and I almost want to put back on you guys like what do you think I would be doing like it's hard like I can judge people all day which is technically kind of what I do right <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like I mean literally that I'm like oh let me judge you do you seem like a normal person do these answers mm-hmm. make sense right like what do you think I would be doing like I you guys know me like what do you think I would be doing <laughs> I'm pu- I, I'm putting the question back on you because I honestly don't think I would have any clue. The only thing that I even relates would be like a real estate agent. 
because it's <laughs> essentially the same thing. But, you know, buying you and selling, you have a buyer and a seller, you're trying to get them together, you know, oh, what are your likes and dislikes? How much is it going to take to close the deal? It, it, I mean, it's the same thing, right? But like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can see myself doing anything else than this. It's a legit, it's legitimately a problem. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. I love it. Maybe a professional like drinker, bourbon taster. Ooh, what's the people that do like wine? Yeah. Uh, yay. Yes. Some weird, you know, French word. Yeah. I have no idea. Like, don't, I just don't know. Maybe when I hit my midlife crisis, I'll find out and let you guys know. We're glad that you don't have to figure out what you're not doing, because if you were doing whatever that is, we more than likely wouldn't be talking to you tonight. And so again, we're glad that you're that you've been doing what you're doing. You've been doing it like you have. It's been an absolute joy to spend time with you. And and I know some of our listeners that maybe don't know you now that they have heard you, they're going to want to get in touch. What's the best way for them to reach you out there on social media? I'm actually Googleable. If you just type in Aaron M as in Michelle Stevens, and then put like recruiter. My Twitter handle is at Aaron M Stevens. Uh, and then you can also find me again, just, I just tell people to Google me. It's really kind of creepy, but yeah, <laughs> I'm like, Google me. I'll show up one of the, I'll, I'll show up. I promise. We will put all that in the show notes. And Wendy, what about you? What's the best way for them to reach you out there? Best way to reach me is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com, daily D dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our monthly HR Twitter chat. Hashtag HR Social Hour. How about you, John? Easiest way to find me, HR Social Hour podcast.podbean.com. Click on the left-hand top side of the screen, three little lines. You'll find access to all my social accounts there. While you're there, there are shows that you haven't heard. Take a listen, rate, review, share, anything you can do to help boost the signal. We always appreciate. Aaron, thanks again for being with us. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back. And... Network. Network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.